Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk with Joey and Rui, we look at both ends of the spectrum of players' careers. We'll look at Buddy Franklin and what's a realistic expectation for him. We'll take a look at some debutantes, in particular the Carlton boys, and reliving our own first game experiences. And we'll play Real Talk, Shit Talk. That's all to come on today's edition of Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to another edition of Footy Talk on this Tuesday. Every Tuesday throughout the year, it'll be with Joey and Rui, your daily dose of footy, news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL and all the way from over in Houston, Texas. Joining me is Nick Rewalt. Hello, Rui. Well, it's getting close, Joey. You can smell it. You can smell it starting to creep up. How's the atmosphere? Mate, it's building up beautifully here. Everyone is that excited. I think it's been... A long build-up. For some reason, it feels like it's been a long build-up. Um, there is some talk, and we'll get your thoughts, whether we should start the season a little earlier. We'll do that later in Real Talk Shit Talk because we will do that again. That'll become a regular Tuesday. As of next week, I want you to start to come up with maybe a little list every week, a little top five as well yeah. because there's always plenty going on. But no, it is. The atmosphere starting to build. I like the Real short, real Talk Shit Talk on a Tuesday. So so the, the plan is to be able to react off the overreactions on a Monday. Yes. Is that is that yep. why we're doing it on a Tuesday? I think so. Yeah. And we try and need to feel, find some stuff to talk about. There's been plenty going on. You and, you know, all, all of the other shock jocks, you try to go big on a Monday. So we'll just like bring a bit of bit of balance to the conversation on a Tuesday. I like it. All right, let's crack in. Are you getting excited? I mean, what's, I mean, are you sort of now missing it? Yeah, it's a strange feeling. It yeah. Is. So first time in 22 years that, um, I'm not there and, you know, right in the cut and thrust of round one. So it is a, it is a, a strange feeling, um, almost being sort of removed sort of physically from it. I feel like just being able to look at things a bit more impartially, you know, without getting caught up in too much of a hype. So you digest it in a different way. It, it's been a little bit refreshing, but I know once the ball's bounced on Thursday night, I'll, um, I'll, I'll wish I was there at the G. Yeah, that's right. Hey, when we're looking forward to Richmond Carlton, that that kicks it off, and I'm glad the AFL stuck with that season opener because for a while there, it was Richmond were clearly a dominant side, and the Blues were struggling. But now, in that last couple of years, I reckon this is as good a build up as ever. It's already sold out. There's going to be over ninety thousand. They think potentially ninety five thousand. So I love the Carlton Richmond tradition. It should be a beauty. But as we said, there's been a long build up. Is there anything you've been sick of reading? Because we're we're waiting, we're waiting. Anything you've been like? Oh God, can we just get the <laughs> Footy started. I can't see or read any more articles. Yeah, you know what I'm already sick of? The season hasn't even started and we're seeing articles on who's a free agent at the end of 2023 yeah, and the yes. decisions that might have to be made. Like, can we just get stuck into the season, see the way the, the teams pan out, how players are playing before we start speculating on their future. That, that's driven me mad already. Well, what about you? That actually is a new addition that's going to be happening. They're going to talk about free agents and trade all the way through the year because I think they've realised a lot of people get right into it at the yeah. end of the season. So they think, let's try and bring it forward to the start of the year. Not sure how to go. Let's do it properly then. So let's have free agent. Let's have a free agency window in the middle of the year, so we can actually have some player movement. I, I think if if we are that captivated by it, yeah. Well, then I I think it would be great sport for the fans and for the spectators to be able to follow that storyline. There there would be huge decision made. Players trying to win premierships, clubs getting rid of players to get draft capital. I I think it'd be a great addition, and that way we could talk about it now. 
I'm with you because the reason why the trade and free agency period does so much um, traffic and people love it is because of the hope and the anticipation of what it means for their team. But why wait till the end of the year? Mm. Why not do it in the middle of the year? And the teams that are trying to challenge for a flag, they can go and get a specific player or, or a need and they'll pay overs. They'll, they'll pay a, in regards to draft picks and those things. And the clubs that are out of contention for that year can already start their start to develop their list and get in a better position uh, situation than having to wait till the end of the season. I think it's a win-win. Not for, just the teams, Joey, that the players, the desperate blokes like you in yeah. the last five, I would have changed teams every year for the last six years <laughs> of my career trying to win a flag. <laughs> so I think it would be good for uh, players at the latter end of their careers as well, of which Buddy Franklin is one, and there's been a bit, bit of talk about him this week. John Longmire's gone on record. Yeah, he has. He's gone and spoken and said, look, he's just trying to – he's playing down the expectations of Buddy, which – I want to ask you, at what point is that fair? Because Bud's 36, and the last two years he's kicked over 50 goals in both seasons. And Jay Clark and I had a little debate. I think we had a little red wine bet. Uh, we took 45 goals as the line. I took over, so maybe that's my, maybe pushing it. But but what is the reasonable expectation for Buddy coming into this season? Because no doubt the Swans want to go one step better. That's why Buddy's still playing. He wants to win that premiership. He's now lost his last, I think, four grand finals, Bud. What's reasonable and fair at his yeah. age? Well, I mean, the cliff comes and it comes for everyone, even even the absolute greats of which, you know, Buddy's in the top five players, you know, you could argue of all time yeah, that the game has seen, particularly with the physical attributes he's got. I think for a player like him, when it does arrive, and it might be this year, I mean, he's gone on record as saying it's, it, it's his last year. You just hope that he he finishes before he reaches that cliff because for a guy that relies so much on on his physical attributes, like he doesn't... He doesn't beat players necessarily on guile and, and craft. It, it's with athleticism. Look, oh, I think first and foremost for the Swans, it, it'd be 15-plus games. I think that's, you know, if you're able to quantify a successful year, I, I think that's what it looks like for him. And so we quality know, over quantity. I, I, I think so. I, I think so. Like, I, I think if they could get 15-plus games out of him and an entire final series, they'd be wrapped. And, and what he delivers on the field, you would think is just going to be – you know, a, a, an organic sort of byproduct of the fact that he's a he's an absolute gun. So health and fitness for Buddy, that, that's the number one um, measure I'm looking for. And I think what people also underestimate, we always look at the individual. It's a little bit like, and we've had this chat about Trent Cotchin playing for, but it's also what it does for everyone else around them. So if Buddy's playing, that allows Logan McDonald a bit less pressure as a second or yeah. third tall, whether it's Sam Reid or, or one of the other sort of resting ruckmen. It allows Isaac Heaney to not have to feel the burden of being the number one man. Like it, it has a, a flow-on effect that is hard to quantify in a team, but we know how important just one piece can be for yeah. everyone else around them. And we'll see it. Like, if he starts to lose a step or something like that, don't think he will. I hope he doesn't, but we'll see it. Like, I had a moment at the SCG in my last year, and, and this was this was the time when I thought, okay, it's time. I'd gone on a long lead, you know, done it a thousand times and taken an uncontested mark, went to take it on my chest, and all of a sudden, Lewis Melican came through with the fist. I thought, what? <laughs> What's he what, like? What's he doing there? He shouldn't be there. So that was almost the moment where I thought, "Gee, I'm not a lost a step here. It might be time." So that's when you'll see frustration kick in and build in for older players. But yeah, oh, look, I, I'm not sure we'll see it this year from Bud. I think his his form towards the latter part of last year was still still excellent. I agree. If he plays 15 to 20 games, he's still going to kick 40-plus goals. Yeah. I mean, two goals a game for him, even at his age, I don't think it's going to be too. What difficult. sort of so, red? What sort of red? We didn't get to that beer grange or something. We'll work oh, it out. Yeah. Hey, that's would one it, end of that's that the one end. Drink, probably is it? 
Probably not. That's the one end of someone's career. What about going back to the start? We saw uh, the Blues yesterday, I think it was, um, and clubs do it so well now, the way they announce players are making their debuts. Michael Voss had uh, Ollie Hollands and Lockie Cowan. He did the old phone in the pocket in the team meeting, and it was their fathers ringing up. Great moment. Can you remember your first game, going back a long time, how you were told? Because we didn't have the social media accounts and all the creativity when we were told. Can you remember how you were told, but even what it was like, your first game experience? I can't remember how I was told, but my first game experience um, was was memorable. Um, so I, I got injured in the preseason of my first year, uh, got back at about round 13, 14, played in the spring rail reserves, so VFL reserves, Twos, twos was my first game. Uh, then the next week I played Springvale Seniors and then played okay. So then the next week, AFL debut, we were going like uh, a busted. So it wasn't too difficult to get a game. Uh, uh, what was it? Colonial Stadium at the time, Adelaide Crows, Friday night footy, Friday the thir- 13th in actual fact. And it worked out that way too. We got rolled by 97 points. Uh, I had three possessions. Darren Jarman kicked six. Uh, and Malcolm Blight was the coach. He got the arse on Tuesday. Uh, so my, my, my first game was Malcolm Blight's last, and I actually think I hold a, a record in AFL footy, the most coaches in consecutive games of footy. Finished uh, my season with Southport the year before, played in a granny, which we, which we won, which was the last one I ever did. Uh, got drafted. First game was Springvale Reserves, as I mentioned. Next game, Springvale Seniors the week after. Then debuted St Kilda under Malcolm Blight. He got the ass. Next week, caretaker coach Grant Thomas, five coaches in five consecutive games of footy. Some sort of yeah, record, wow. Joey. That is some, that is some sort of record. Some sort of record. Memorable for all the wrong reasons. What about yours? What happened? Well, not too dissimilar. We talk about at the moment, actually, St Kilda's injury list heading into round one. Oh, it's yeah. It's horrible. That, they are decimated. Well, yeah. what it does, though, it presents opportunity for some people that probably aren't ready. And I was one of them back in 2002, really, because when I got my first game round six in my first year, we only had 24 players to select from that were actually <laughs> available and fit and healthy. If we had 25, you wouldn't have gotten a game. Probably not. If you remember, it was we were decimated. It was poor only Josh Hallahan and, and Justin Platt were the only two blokes that were fit and available. Shout out to those se- boys. Yeah, the, we love those boys. But they were the only two that were fit and available that didn't get selected. The rest of us just all played. So I, I certainly wasn't ready in my first year, but got the opportunity. Collingwood, to, right? Was that against yeah, the Yeah, Collingwood. Yeah. yeah, good surprise. We only lost by 86 points yeah, or something right. that night. Perfect. I grew up breaking – as a, I was a massive Collingwood supporter as a kid, so I was in awe. I was running out there, and Nathan Buckley and Anthony. Did you get a kick? Ah, uh, about three. I yeah. think I had five or six touches, so a couple yeah, nice. of kicks. My first one was a turnover, straight yeah. to uh, out of defence. So I kicked it straight to Ryan Loney, who then launched a bomb oh. from sixty, kicked it back over my head for a goal. So <laughs> I always thought things could only get uh, better yeah. from there. But uh, mate, these kids these days. They come in and have an impact straight away. Like we've already spoken about Will Ashcroft, but they are so much better prepared that they can almost impact immediately. And I think Carlton are picking both Lockie Cowan and Ollie Hollands not to get a game into a youngster and hope they develop. They're picking them to have impact Thursday night 
Ollie Holland's on a wing, Lockie Cowan to fill a role as a halfback distributor. Gee, they they put a lot of responsibility and onus on these young players straight away. Yeah, well, particularly a team that, I mean, we're, we're all thinking is going to take another step forward this year. So they're, they're getting games on merit. You're right, Michael Voss is not the sort to just be handing out games. Let, let's get some games and, and develop some some likely types. So, look, they've recruited well, Carlton. I'm, this is what I love about the early part of the season is you see the emergence of some of these players, clearly a lot of talk about players that have been traded and how they're going to go with their new clubs. But for me, this is the really exciting part of, of, of a new season is other young faces that we're going to see, hopefully for, for 10 to 15 years. Yeah, and I will ask you straight after this, the real talk, shit talk. No more excuses for the Blues. I want to get your take. Yep. But we will have a little break because, uh, as I said, we've got uh, real talk, shit talk coming up next. You are listening to the Footy Talk podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button, leave us a review or a rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast here with Joey and Rui on this Tuesday. Rui, let's get into real talk, shit talk. As I said just before the break, we touched on Carlton. No more excuses for the Blues. Real talk, real talk, absolutely. I mean, they've been on a on a, on a really well-designed, um, deliberate recruiting drive the last few years. You know, guys like Zach Williams, who I know has been been hurt, but but those sorts that have come into the club with a specific purpose, Adam Saad, these sorts, and now they've they've got the the emergence of their kids to a level. I think you know the Walshers and, and the Kernos and Mackays of the world, where they're they're ready. They're, they're absolutely ready to to launch for an AFL Premiership. So look, I, I think they're always mitigating circumstances that evolve during a year with injury, but given a given a decent run at it, yeah, I, I think the time has come for Cullen to, to to push for a top four berth and then contend from there. Got one for you, Joey. A lot of talk about Melbourne being and who's your flag tip, by the way, before I ask? Melbourne. Melbourne. So they're your flag tip. They were woeful in front of a footy last year. Their efficiency going forward was the reason they ended up not contending for a premiership. Is Brody Grundy, not him personally, but his uh, input into the team going to be the answer for their forward, forward of centre woes? No, that's shit talk. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with really Brody Grundy coming to the footy club. I think they're going to fix their offensive issues by the way they move the ball. They just fell into the trap of being too conservative last year, coming out of defence and going inside 50. They just played safe, they played wide, and they were more thinking about their defence rather than scoring. And I think it's been a big eye-opener for them the back end of last year that they need to improve their offence. We've already seen over the pre-season, they are going through the corridor, they're going quicker, they're attacking the top of the goal square now, so they will score more goals and and they'll back their elite defence in. So, look, Brody Grundy's going to be a part of that particularly when they go inside 50 to now attack the top of the square. He doesn't need to kick 30 goals as a forward, but like we touched on earlier with some other players, the role that he will play when he's down there is going to be a big target because Tom McDonald and Ben Brown aren't really those players. They have other um, strengths and attributes, but if Brody Grundy competes, gives them an anchor point and a reference point to kick to, the Smalls and the others can get the work. Bailey Fritch and McDonald can get off the chain. I think that's going to be the difference for Melbourne. It's the only part of their game they needed to tidy up, and I'm trusting with a full preseason that they will fix that up and they'll be there when the whips are cracking. Hey, speaking of key forwards and being the answer and the impact, is Dan McStay the answer to Collingwood to take them one step further than last year? No, no, that's shit talk. No, that's shit talk. He's a role player. I I expect him to play a a role forward of centre. I mean, in the Brody Majacek mould, essentially. Brody Majacek 
what, what you love about him is he's, he's honest in the contest. And for me, I think that's still part of the game that Dan McStay has to, has to build upon. Um, not always as committed in the contest as you would like for, for a key forward. So, yeah, look, he, he fills a hole, but um, look, I, I don't think he's going to be a, a necessarily a match winner for them, um, but just in terms of the system and they, the way they want to go about it. And that was part about what was so great about Collingwood last year is they did not rely on on, on any one mm. guy. I mean, Dugowie, we know, has that match-winning X factor about him, but they were, they were the sum of all parts. They were a collective unit, um, and McStay, I think, will just just – you know, had a nice little complimentary piece to what they've got going down there. Patrick Dangerfield, he is, he is one of the spokespeople uh, of the game. And at the, the captain's day last week, Joey, he said that the AFL should do away with tradition and scrap the bounce. Real talk, shit talk. Yeah, real talk. Love this from Danger. I've been on this for a, a couple of years. I don't think we need the bounce anymore. The amount of times it gets recalled. Oh. We've, now bought in four, we've now bought in four umpires to take the running pressure off umpires, we want the best decision makers. So whether that's male, female, a 60-year-old umpire, we just want the best decision makers. And if that means that they don't have to worry about either injury, which we know a lot of them are getting, or worrying about a skill of bouncing the ball, I just want the best decision makers. So I'm happy to get rid of the bounce. Maybe we do one bounce at the start of each quarter. It will be a great compromise. You pick the best bouncer of the four. Otherwise, throw it up. The game will continue to flow. We can just have the best decision makers, and I think it's better for the game. So real talk, danger. So, so what do we what do we change it to? What we say we can't just say, one a quarter. So just, what time? What times a bounce? No, we can't. We're good to say what what times a tip off. We change all. What our, times a game start? Oh yeah, okay. What times a game start? Oh, you yeah, just love good. simplifying it, don't you? All right. I what do you got? Hey, what do you got for me? Go. Just one more about – well, I want to ask about Tassie again. It's going to be a big talking yeah. point. Tasmania will get announced as a 19th licence in the next few months. Real talk. Real talk. I think the 19th licence – and this is where I think the AFL are going to play it beautifully. I think the 19th licence will be granted, take it to the back, but it will be contingent on a stadium. So that way the AFL don't have to be the bad guys. They say, hey, you got the licence. Over to you sort out a stadium and from there it becomes a federal government conversation, a state government conversation. We know the AFL are the world champions of being able to draw funding out of government bodies. So I would back it in to get done from that point because um, the AFL are the best and they, they there's no way they could possibly desert the Tasmanian people uh, once again. So I, I, I trust them and I back them in to get it done. But yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a lock that the licence will be granted contingent on a stadium. Last one. Jake Stringer, he, he's a lightning rod for criticism uh, for a variety of reasons, but he's he's come under criticism again this preseason uh, for his body shape and his appearance, you know, looking not quite at his absolute best. Is the criticism fair? Uh, is the criticism fair? I think that is – that's shit talk for me. I think it's a bit unfair, particularly when they talk about – his injuries and and that related to his body. We've played with players that have that are all came in all different shapes and sizes that had higher skin folds. That some of our best players. I mean, you were one that had high skin folds, Rui. Like, weren't you? you like, no joke. Yeah. Your skin folds are one of the highest at the club. Probably first seventy five percent of my career, I was in the top yeah. three or four highest. Now that didn't affect your performance. No one would question your professionalism. We know, of, like, you know, there are stories. Of Gary Ablett Jr., Luke Hodge, there are players that we know that generally had some yeah. high skin folds. He's that type of player that. You use his power. I think it's unfair because everyone's talking about his, him missing games. And I just did a quick look. I mean, Dion Prestia, Darcy Moore and Adam Trelaw have all missed games, more games than him in the last five years. 
nobody questions and says it's because of their body shape or because of their lack of professionalism. So I think just because he's had a bad run with injuries, it's a bit unfair to say it's purely because he's not a professional. Oh, I think we don't know. Um, all reports is he's had a big, big training load. Yeah. And he's an important player. So I think um, it's a bit unfair. Gee, you used to tease me, you blokes. For having the high skinnies. Yeah. Yannick, when you got on your nerves. Yeah, it did. Hey, you. Could, could, do the club still have fat clubs or can you not do that in 2023? I don't think you can do that anymore. Well, I don't think you can technically call them fat clubs. I think you just call them extra extra training. Extra training clubs. Got, yeah. to be, got to be a bit careful with what you can and can't say. Yeah, you do. Hey, as always, really loved your time on a Tuesday. Next time you're on, we'll be able to talk some Oh, how kicks good. Off. Can't wait. Hey, I figured out how to watch it too, Joey. Watch AFL. Watch AFL that. So I get a free trial. I'll trial, trial it for the first 30 days and see if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll ask you to pay and you'll have to try and get someone to pay it Yeah, I'll get, it, I'll get a different username. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, loved your work, Rui. If you have a question for us, you can get us on Instagram, footytalk underscore pod, TikTok at footytalkpod. You've said that three weeks in a row. Is anyone going to send us a question? Uh, we'll get back to you. I'll get a question from someone for you next week. Yes, that's... That's just a bullshit throwaway line you roll out every week. Get some questions. Send them in. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. We'll be back tomorrow with a special guest from the footy club, from the Collingwood Football Club, Tom Mitchell. Listener.